Welcome to Strategy Saturday. I'm Charles Crillo, and today we're going to be discussing zero down doesn't mean zero dollars. Have you always wanted to invest in real estate, but didn't have the time, didn't know where to find the deals, couldn't get the funding, and didn't want tenants calling you? Since 2006, I've been buying income-producing properties in great locations that provide us with consistent passive income while we wait for appreciation in the future and take advantage of tax laws while we're waiting. And unlike your financial advisor, we invest alongside our investors in every property we purchase. Check out investwithharborside.com. If you like the idea of investing in real estate, if you like the idea of passive income, partner with us at investwithharborside.com. That's investwithharborside.com. Visit any real estate blog or real estate investing social media group and you will most certainly find posts about how to purchase a rental property with no money down. The strategy is possible by utilizing seller financing, subject to assuming a mortgage or financing the down payment with a private lender or credit card. However, these articles fail to mention that zero down doesn't mean zero dollars. If you just acquired a property with zero money down, in other words, you have 100% financed property no matter how the capital stack is structured. This is extremely risky. When interest rates rose quickly in 2022, the first ones who fell on hard times were investors with high leverage and floating rate debt. If you borrow funds for the down payment, that is likely a much shorter term loan than the seller financing used to finance the majority of the property purchase. This short-term debt will need to be addressed soon, and you're probably paying a much higher interest rate on this debt. This is why we rarely leverage properties over 70%. As a side note, if I located an owner willing to sell a property with zero money down, why is that? Is the property in a bad area, which is always a hard pass, or did they run out of money, or have another unrelated issue arise that requires their attention? Either way, I would like to know the story behind the property, and that goes for properties that I'm buying with zero money down or properties that I'm traditionally financing. The second issue is that online blogs fail to mention that you always need to have a reserve fund when owning any property, along with the fact that every property I have purchased always needs some form of renovation, updating, and or repairs after I purchased it. Now, I doubt a zero money down property will be any different. The problem is that in a lot of these blogs and articles, they focus only on purchasing the property. They don't focus on what happens after you purchase. And what happens after you purchase it is a lot of um, a lot of vacancy as you're doing a lot of repairs before it gets up and running correctly. Thirdly, rental properties have a very, very tight margin. And most rental properties have a profit margin of around 10% when you factor in debt payments, taxes, insurance, maintenance, etc., which is most likely less when investing in an over leveraged property. For example, if you purchase a property and um, it's a three-unit property where every unit rents for $1,000 per month, and you're collecting less than, say, $2,600 a month, you're most likely losing money on factoring all the financial outflows, and let's say you do this over a year. If you do not have any reserve fund or money set aside for repairs, the deal could go sideways very quickly. Now, add to that, let's just say one of those units is completely vacant. Um, Now you have to be covering the difference while you are doing work to the property. So you have outflows for the work and outflows to cover the expenses while the unit is down. Fourth, to quickly generate an increase in property value, it is typical for new owners to renovate the property with the end goal of increasing rents, the net operating income, and the value. This is traditionally, as we call this, the value-add strategy, and it requires money to do this. The right lender might finance these renovations, but they will most likely not want to be in second position on the property the second mortgage behind the seller who is financing it because the chances of them getting repaid now decreases dramatically. 
But this could also be a great strategy for an investor that has money, but maybe not enough for both the 25% down payment and the renovation funds. If you have cash available for the property renovations, you can make a deal with the seller to seller finance the property for you with a zero or minimum down payment. And then to secure his investment, you agree to certain repairs within the first three, six, or 12 months. The better the property's condition, the more secure the seller is if the new buyer walks away, which is most likely not going to happen if the new buyer invests a sizable amount of their own money. Now, a student of mine did just this when they purchased a property that required a new roof. They told the owner to deduct the new roof cost from the down payment. If agreed, the new owner would replace the roof within three months of purchasing the property. They show the owner a bank statement in their name with the new roof funds in it. This is an example of a great win-win. If the new owner walks away, the seller will have a new roof and the new buyer limits their out-of-pocket investment. Fifth, you still need to pay for the property, and this goes hand-in-hand hand with zero down doesn't mean zero dollars. At some point, the seller will want their loan paid off. In other words, you will need to refinance the property. To do so without going into your own pocket, you must increase the property's value by, say, 35% to 45%. For example, if you purchase a property for $100,000 and your lender will lend up to 70% loan-to-value on refinance, um, you must increase the property's value to $143,000 or by 43%, not counting all the other fees associated with mortgages. And you might, you know, you might also get lucky with a seller who will stay on the mortgage until maturity. But in my experience, that is rare. They might stay on for um, three, five, seven, ten years. But after that, people really want to, they want to be done with the property. Um, they've uh, broken up their taxes over all those years, and uh, they're usually older. Um, they want to spend some of the money that they've accrued in their lifetime. You also are probably paying a higher interest rate than you could get through a traditional lender. So you're going to want to have that motivation always to refinance. Now, the goal of this episode is not to dissuade anyone from searching out properties that are zero money down, but to make sure no matter how you purchase a property, you have a reserve fund set aside with the funds required to repair and renovate the property. In addition, um, you want to make sure that you have that reserve fund for several months of your mortgage and for expenses. So I hope you enjoyed. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, submit comments and potential show topics at globalinvestorspodcast.com. If you're interested in actively investing in real estate, please check out our courses and mentoring programs at syndicationsuperstars.com. That is syndicationsuperstars.com. Look forward to two more episodes next week. See you then. Nothing in this episode should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Any investment opportunities mentioned on this podcast are limited to accredited investors. Any investments will only be made with proper disclosure, subscription documentation, and are subject to all applicable laws. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of Syndication Superstars, LLC, exclusively.